0: back let's continue our discussion of the different colleges uh, the different actual costs to the parent and so forth uh, last in the previous weeks we talked about how a school can actually cost more tuition but end up costing a parent less and the answer to that was that the resources associated with the college is very quite a bit and so we lo- we were looking an example in previous weeks of Auburn and MIT talking about how that might work out for someone in the financial aid process, but the point I was trying to make is this, how we make this school choice. How we go through this process of selecting these different schools, and how we normally would do it would be to, you know, maybe select the student would select the colleges that their children, uh, excuse me, their friends Uh, are going to and so forth the parents sometimes might steer the child to less expensive schools based on the budget you know there's only so much that we can do for our children and there's only so much we can provide for them and and so that's a real mistake i'm not necessarily saying that we need to send our children to the most expensive schools but we don't necessarily need to limit the school choice in previous weeks i was talking about auburn and MIT. And in the example, I was talking about engineering, that the person wanted to study engineering. And the actual cost associated with MIT was actually going to be less than Auburn. Now, part of that financial package that's provided for that student, there typically would be some loans. So would it be the best decision for that child to go to Auburn or to MIT? Uh, but the point I'm trying to make is that I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to address what is better or what is worse. You know, you might decide that going to MIT is worth having some student loans when you finished. Uh, you might find that, that you're going uh, you're going to have a lot more employment possibilities for your child in a situation so it's okay to have a little bit of debt. You may decide, no, I don't want to have a little bit of debt. I'd rather go to Auburn. Those are not the kind of things that I'm focused on. I'm just trying to influence how we go about selecting the college, how we go about this choice situation. So we were talking about um, selecting some different colleges, a cross-section of colleges, narrowing that list maybe with uh, colleges that your child is going to be in the top 10% of incoming freshmen as far as how they measured in terms of grade point average, uh, SAT, ACT, things like that, um, but when you select these different colleges in the FASA process, you initiate these different awards coming back to you, then what happens? And I've had a big emphasis on um, the competition, creating a competitive situation for your child. And so I just kind of want to wrap up this section with a a discussion along those lines with several different thoughts. Now, a lot of times when when parents are going through this, they will give me a call, and they will say that the, you know, they will show, well, here's what the award is for my child, and, you know, I will talk to them about, well, you know, have you talked to them about increasing this or increasing that, or have you let them know that... uh, you know, such and such a university over here provided this. You know, is that something they can do because their child is very interested in, in their college? And a lot of times uh, what they will hear from the financial aid office is that their hands are tied. You know, a lot of times the, the parents are under the perception that the, that the award that was given to them by the university is all there is. And they don't, and they don't really understand that you can actually negotiate. So let me address this initially by saying that that if a financial aid office tells you that their hands are tied, you know, sometimes I've heard them say something along the lines of the government limits them or something along those lines, Uh, that's just simply not true. Uh, Yes, there are some limitations to to the aid that's out there with the government. There's only a certain amount that you're going to receive based on the rules and so forth. But all universities have private funds that were donated by private people. It's up to them to use it how they want. If they want to use it for your child, they can do it. If they don't want to use it for your child, they don't have to. But to say that they're limited by the government is just garbage. So this negotiation process is equally important as selecting these different colleges, ones that have uh, different treatment of the student, you know, different resources and so forth, the various things that we've been talking about. Because the biggest mistake that parents make is that when they receive these awards, they think it's they're their, their really the only award they're gonna get. And what they don't understand is the school doesn't generally offer their best deal initially. Just like the analogy that we talked about uh, with a car dealer, they're gonna give you the price they think you're gonna buy the car. They're not gonna give you their best offer initially. And this is the same thing with college. It is a business. So parents need to first be aware that they can accept uh, the award. They can reject the award. They can actually accept part of it. They can reject part of it. So they might accept uh, the grant part of it, reject the loan part of it. Um, You're under no obligation whatsoever to accept the award. Uh, You're free to accept it, reject it. Uh, You can do whatever you want to do. You can can accept it completely. You can not accept it at all. Uh, By accepting it, it's actually not a commitment to attend. That's another thing parents don't really understand. Um, Acceptance is not a commitment for your child to attend the college. You can accept an award or continue to negotiate. It's up to you, but it has nothing to do with whether or not your child is going to actually attend. in general most colleges are going to require you, to, a student to be admitted for them to get an award anyway. Uh, but just being admitted doesn't necessarily commit you to go to that college. In fact in this situation I mentioned um, in, in our previous time that, that we were talking about need-based awards and merit-based awards. Well those two types of uh, awards are actually administered by different elements of the university the financial aid is administered by the financial aid office obviously but merit awards are actually um, awarded by the admissions office so you do generally have to go through the admissions process fill out that paperwork to be actually be eligible for the award so so the process of you, you go through the financial aid process you let them know the colleges that you're interested in That initiates the process. You will probably have to fill out the admission paperwork, and then they are going to send you an award. You can accept it. You can reject it. You can accept part of it. You can reject part of it. Um, But the biggest thing you need to understand is this: this is a competitive situation for these universities. These financial aid officers are not going to lose a student that they would like to have because of money. Now, they may offer you what they feel like that you'll take because most parents receive those offers, they don't ask for anything else. But you have to be careful about that because you, they're gonna, a lot of these financial aid offices are going to expect you to ask for more sometimes. So they're going to give you less aid than they think you actually will end up taking. Um, sometimes Some parents will take it because they don't realize that they can negotiate. Some par- and they're expecting parents to come back and ask for more. So they will actually lowball some of the aid as well. But there's only so much money at these universities. They're going to dole it out how they see fit. If they want your child, this kind of goes back to the 10% and your child looking attractive to the university, uh, they'll put out the money. But probably the most important thing that uh, involved in this process is what we call special circumstances special circumstances are situations in which the financial aid office can increase the aid so it's a little bit different from negotiation Um, you can accept these offers you can go back to them you can let them know that your child has narrowed down the university to a couple different options Uh, one child uh, one college is maybe offered something the other one is not you know would it be something they're willing to match you can create that competitive situation, but often overlooked are these special circumstances. And the way that federal, federal aid, the federal government works, is that the process of financial aid is standardized. You know, we talked in previous weeks about the expected family contribution, the ability uh, that you go to these websites, it's very standardized, you input the information. It's computerized, and the outcome is this uh, expected family contribution, this number that you could contribute to college. Now, the government gives the financial aid offices, the colleges, the ability to increase that under special circumstances. So even though um, you went through this process, you went to the website, it said that your expected family contribution was a number, and that's the number that the government should expect you to contribute to college for your child, the financial aid office has the discretion to increase that. And by increasing that or decreasing that, they're going to increase the aid associated with that. And they do that in what we call special circumstances. Special circumstances are situations that, that the student and the student parent must bring to the attention of the financial aid officer and they must let them know that they fall into one of these circumstances and then they should be considered for special treatment. And let me just run through this, the list of the special circumstances. Some of this might apply to you, some of it may not, but it's it's pretty obvious why for these different reasons why you would expect uh, a financial aid office to increase the award based on that. Uh, One of them is a divorce. Uh, or a death of a parent. You know, uh, the income and the asset information that's provided uh, in the financial uh, process, the FAFSA process, um, might have changed due to a divorce, due to the death of of a parent. You need to make these things aware. You need to make the financial office aware of this. You also might have unusual income. You know, a lot of people, because the income is based on Um, you might have unusually high income in the time period that you put your information into the FAFSA. So you might have received a bonus, something along those lines. It might have been a one-time bonus. It might have been an unusual bonus. And it wouldn't necessarily reflect what your income is going to be. Uh, That is something that is a special circumstance. That's something that you need to communicate with the financial aid office. Let them know uh, and, and maybe show them what your previous year's income is and so forth. Let them make those adjustments. Now, there's several other ones, such as unemployment, somebody loses their job, medical cost. unusually high tuition costs for high school, um, one that's kind of timely right now at the time of this broadcast, and that's a natural disaster area. We've got a hurricane going on and a lot of people dealing with that. That's another special circumstance. Uh, Alumni, or children of alumni, is another special circumstance. These are all situations that you can go to the financial aid office, you can ask them to um, decrease your expected family contribution, which will therefore increase your financial need and increase the packages that are available to you, and they can do that. They can also make the resources of the colleges available to you. So back to this uh, objection that I hear quite a bit about people saying their hands are tied. You know, this is a situation in special circumstances that private funds might come into play. The different universities might decide to use some of their own resources to help the student. But special circumstances have to be communicated to the office. So this is a situation that when you go through the process, you receive the awards, the offers, and so forth, you've got to pick up the phone, you've got to set an appointment with a financial aid officer, you need to go to them, you need to plead the special circumstances, and and try to convince them to renegotiate your offer. And by doing that, you could dramatically increase your financial aid office's offer, which will dramatically decrease your out-of-pocket cost. Now that pretty much winds us up for today. Um, we'll come back to this subject, uh, next time. You've been listening to Insights with Philip Wilson, an Alabama registered investment advice. Learn more by visiting his website at ssmistakes.com or by calling 205-868-9297.